Well, I think the first thing that we need to recognize is actually I'm going to make that the second thing we need to recognize. The first thing we need to recognize <laughs> is that there's there's kind of two extremes out there. There's one extreme in which we need to seek out God's will in every little thing. What coffee shop should I go to? What should I eat for lunch? And often when, we, when we're hypersensitive to what we think all of these little things that God wants us to do, we become unbiblical with our ways of pursuing knowing God's will. We mm. think that we can find you know, signs. We think we can flip God's will coin or open God's word and point randomly to a verse. And that's going to tell us or look up at the clouds and the clouds are going to shape and form. And that's going to point us in the direction that he wants us to go for lunch. Uh, that, that's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, the opposite though, of course, is thinking that God doesn't busy himself with those small things, mm. that he doesn't pay attention to you going to coffee with your neighbor, that he doesn't pay attention to the route you take to work. And so, you know, there's, there's these two extremes. And I think for us to be able to really hone in, the first thing we need to recognize is that theologians point out that there are ultimately two different kind of God's will. It's one God, one will, but in, in two ways. And the two ways that we need to identify is his secret or hidden will and his revealed will. So I want you guys to envision me, a young, handsome, debonair, maybe 18-year-old Lebanese boy with ginormous, beautiful eyeballs. It's hard. It's hard, but try, because... This young man was sitting in Denny's with his friends at that time in my life. And they said, hey, Easy, have you heard about the Brea bum? I said, the Brea bum? They said, yeah, he's this guy. He's a bum in Brea, which is a city here near us in Orange County. And this guy is just constantly hanging out in this area. And he, he just he's addicted to like reading newspapers. No one ever reaches out to this guy. People just are terrified of him for some reason. And, and we need to, you know, we, we should reach him with the gospel. And I got super excited, right? This was when I was getting like hooked on Ray Comfort stuff back then, <laughs> witness to anything that breathes. I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely, man. Let's do it. They're like, yeah, but it's, it's late. It was late at night. And they're like, this, you know, this guy we've heard can be crazy. And so I'm like, it doesn't matter, man. Let's reach him with the gospel. And they're like, all right, let's go. And I said, well, let's pray. So I, I pray, I pour my heart out to the Lord, Lord, you know, use us, move, do wonders, save this man. So we drive out to Brea. It's really late at night. I mean, it's, I don't know, like 10, 11. And, and, and it's Ray Comfort. No. It was like, <laughs> and there, there was the guy, there was a guy and he was sitting there on the bench. He's reading a newspaper. And so we're walking up. I am nervous, right? But I'm like, Lord, I want to do this. I, if I have to die, I have to die. I don't know what's going to happen. So one of my friends runs up. And he sits down and he starts talking to the guy. Like he runs ahead of us. So I'm walking there. I'm getting nervous. Next thing I know, my friend jumps and goes, he's got a gun. And I'm like, ah. And I turn around. I start running. I trip. I fall on the ground. I'm waiting to get shot. And all I hear is laughter all around me. That's horrible. It was a statue. It was a statue. It was a Stop statue. it. Oh, oh the... the... <laughs> And they knew it the whole time they of got course, you in on it. They set wow. me up. And the wicked heathens, considering the fact friends. that I poured my heart out in this to the prayer. Lord yeah. in this prayer to reach this guy. And and they, were, to... they weren't Christians, they were just joking with you. No, they were my brothers in Christ. I had a guy call me once. He's from Sweden. It was a wrong number. He says, Is, is Sven there? And I says, um, There's no Sven here. Um, but are you reading your Bible? This is a wrong number. And I got to witness to the guy for about five minutes. It was a Christian, joking. <laughs> Someone you knew? Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> you let me pull my heart out. All I've that, done that, that to our CSRs a few times. Where I, one time that, I called and I asked if they if Living Water sold uh, toothpicks with tracts on them. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? What yeah. did you get? I would like a toothpick with a track on it, please. I think it might have been Trisha, Fish with Trish back in the day. So yeah. it's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, you were going to say? I was just going to ask if that statue is still there. I'd like to go check it out. It's not, but it was. It was on Birch, I think on Birch Street. On Birch Street. The statue and, that almost uh, killed easy. Yeah, it was a guy sitting there with a the newspaper. I mean, it looked, I mean, it's late at night. You see this, you know. Oh, yeah. man. He's got a gun. Yeah, but I'm still, I, I have promised vengeance. It's been like 20-something years, but vengeance is coming on those friends. Huh. Yeah. Who were they? You guys ever been? Oh, you know, Johnny Fahill, Matt Durbin, yeah, those guys, yeah, (laughs) repent. You guys ever had anyone do that to you, like terrify you, set you up and scare the daylights out of you? No. But Ray Comfort did it uh, almost daily with the spider. Oh, that's different. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Ray, are you a Christian? You're asking about my poor friends. How many spiders have you dropped on people, Ray? Look, there's something nice about making women scream. (laughs) I think all all men kind of enjoy that. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, we've mentioned it on the podcast before. That sounds like a quote from a murderer. That's where you had (laughs) (laughs) this. I was quoting Oscar then. That's where you had the Betty Butter, 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 Butter. That's right, yeah. yeah. Betty Butter bought some butter. And Mark, you're you're actually the spider technician. (laughs) Yeah, because the the string went up (laughs) to the ceiling, across the roof, and it lowered down right at the door of my office, so I'd lower it down. Ray got me into scaring people, and I scared Oscar's assistant many years ago, and she hasn't recovered. I mean, it, it was it was pretty bad. And I remember we were walking, we were coming home from lunch, and we saw your assistant walking along, and he said, "Oh no, 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 don't, 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 don't. I was, going, I I was just going to pull up next to her and scare her. He said, "Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it." So I didn't do it, but then I got to the office, and I was hanging out in her office. And when she came in, I turned on the light, and I went, "Boo!" Oh. Mark Spence. It didn't go well. <laughs> Should have been written up for that one. But going back to the spider, for those who have never visited the ministry, which is probably a lot of you, uh, Ray used to have a spider hanging from the ceiling a of his big office. big rubber Big spider. rubber fake spider. It was huge. It was ridiculously huge. And it was in what was called a spider <laughs> hider, so you couldn't see it when you looked up there. And so that I'd say to someone, can you read this tongue twister? And they'd look up at Betty Butter, bought some Betty Butter and all that. And while they're reading, the spider would come down. <laughs> Ray, Mark's why office. though? Why? Did it's you just, do that it's just great joy. Yeah, it's it is. It is. And people, people laughed. <laughs> do you ever scare Sue? No, no, I wouldn't do that. Have uh, you before to no, learn your lesson? Oh, or just oh never only did? once when she was nine months pregnant, I crawled along the hallway when she couldn't see me, reached up and grabbed the bed and gave her a, an eight uh, rector scale earthquake. She just about, just, <laughs> just about how, had the baby. That's just, how Daniel was born. Oh, she was <laughs> nine months pregnant and it scared the living baby out of her. It was amazing. <laughs> I, I used to love Skelly, scaring Kelly. Oh. Uh, it used to? Re- used to. Well, yeah, because she started threatening that she was going to wear her gun around the house. <laughs> so I, I don't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, boy, it is one of my favorite things to do to Rachel, but she really doesn't like it. Although, <laughs> although I have promised vengeance as well, because one time she scared me by hiding around the corner and then hitting me with pillows. Oh, that's all right. She scared you? Yeah. Nice. So vengeance pillow, is pillow coming. Pillow fights are really good. I like those. Oh, yeah. Feathered pillows. But with you, Ray, I can see the pillow blowing up and feathers going everywhere. We've had pillow fights, haven't we, Mark? Oh, Ray's, Ray does not fight fair with pillow fights. We've been in many hotels. Ray comes along and he doesn't just kind of go, hey, here's a pillow. He, he just starts hitting you as hard as he possibly can at your head. I had this on camera While somewhere. you're sleeping. 
we've no. ta- we've i had we, this on camera of him yeah he, assaulting you with the pillow mark we've talked about that ray has no sense of i don't know how to put it but pressure like like he doesn't know when he hits people he's he's like really harming people so it's all muscle that's all yeah <laughs> <laughs> friends we have a comment this is from let's see here never 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 again that's their name Great podcast. I enjoyed listening to your podcast. You discuss relevant topics through a Christian worldview, and I'm always edified. As an added bonus, I also learned lessons and patience from Mark and Oscar in every podcast. God bless you. <laughs> we learn how we are patient with you and yeah. your babblings that go exactly. on and on and on. Torment and, on. and torture of all I was sorts. trying to figure out, I saw that comment, I was trying to figure out, is he saying that, or is he saying when we talk, he has to learn patience for hmm. when we stop talking? Both Why are, are you calling never, 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 never again? A he. You never oh, know. That's fair. Thank you, never, 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 <sighs> never, never again. Speaking of Mark and Oscar friends, make sure to check out Stressami Street. How to maintain peace in a world of stress. It's a booklet, right? Sixteen pages. Yes. Yeah. And it's a play off of Sesame. Yeah, right. Street. Yeah. Do you, do you remember writing that one? Yes, I do. Oh. Okay. No. It's a booklet. Great to give to unsaved people. We live in a stress filled world. And don't forget the evidence Bible at Living Waters. Where we don't know what we're doing. Where we have no (laughs) idea what we're doing. Guys, today we're talking about how to know God's will for your life. Of all things that I think Christians struggle with, this might be at the very top of the list. At least it's uh, on the mind constantly. And rightly so, right? We want to know God's will. We want to understand what the Lord has for our lives. Scripture talks about that. Uh, Ephesians 5, 15 to 17, see that you walk circumspectly, not as a fool, but wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So in other words, if you don't understand what the will of the Lord is, you're not wise. Yeah. And it should be the Christian's aim to want to know God's will, Romans 12, 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So guys, scripture is not shy about the importance of God's will. It's not shy about the Christian desiring to know God's will and the significance of that. But I think a lot of confusion exists in this arena. So where does the confusion come from, Oscar? Well, I think the first thing that we need to recognize is actually I'm gonna make that the second thing we need to recognize. The first thing we need to recognize <laughs> is that there's there's kind of two extremes out there. There's one extreme in which we need to seek out God's will in every little thing. What coffee shop should I go to? What should I eat for lunch? And often when we when we're hypersensitive to what we think all of these little things that God wants us to do, we become unbiblical with our ways of pursuing knowing God's will. We mm. think that we can find, you know, signs. We think we can flip God's will coin or open God's word and point randomly to a verse. And that's going to tell us or look up at the clouds and the clouds are going to shape and form. And that's going to point us in the direction that he wants us to go for lunch. Uh, that, that's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, the opposite though, of course, is thinking that God doesn't busy himself with those small things. Mm that he doesn't pay attention to you going to coffee with your neighbor, that he doesn't pay attention to the route you take to work. And so, you know, there's there's these two extremes. And I think for us to be able to really hone in, the first thing we need to recognize is that theologians point out that there are ultimately two different kind of God's will. 
it's one God, one will, but in, in two ways. And the two ways that we need to identify is his secret or hidden will and his revealed will. Yeah. God's secret and hidden will is his sovereign rule over all things. It's the reality that nothing happens outside of his perfect will, that not a traffic sign turns red outside of God's perfect will. And this is hidden. We, the, the theologians call it a hidden will because only God knows it, right? Yeah. Then there's his revealed will. It's what he has revealed to us through scriptures, how he wants us to live our lives. He's made it known that we ought to love our neighbors, that we ought to act justly, that we have to walk humbly, pursue mercy, that we should not lie or steal. This is God's revealed will to us. And I would say that so often we we focus on God's secret will while ignoring and not obeying God's revealed will. And I think it has to start there. We have to make sure we are obeying his revealed will before we even talk about his secret will. Yeah. Mark, don't you think that the whole issue of the average believer wanting to know God's will is really related to wanting to please the Lord and do what's right? Hey, listener. Have you ever imagined yourself having a box of goodies for you to give away to every friend, loved one, non-believer that crosses your path? Well, now you can get one. That's because Living Waters is giving away 10 free boxes of goodies every single week. That's eight in the USA and two overseas. And this is being made possible by a faithful partner of ours that has given us funds to make these resources available to you for free. Each of these boxes has $100. That's right, $100 worth of tracks, books, and even your very own podcast mug. Go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast, fill out the form, and then listen to the end of the episodes where we will be announcing our winners. Livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. Good luck. Oh boy, I don't know if I'm going to say that. I think we can say that from people that we see that are continually in God's word that are, are led continually. I think that makes sense. That's the logical conclusion, but for maybe novices or people who are not living in that moment to moment, that may not be the case. Maybe they are seeking after things that are more hidden, like what, what Oscar is saying. R.C. Sproul, I'm reading a book right now, in fact, in the chapter that I'm at right now in chapter 14, where uh, the book is Everyone's a Theologian. That's good. And chapter 14 is uh, the will of God, how to know the will of God. That just happens to be where I'm at. And he says, listen, I I don't know the mind of God, but I can read the word of God. Mm. And the more you read the word of God, you can know the mind of God, and you won't be asking so many questions as much as you, in advance, thank God that his will is going to be accomplished. So there are things that belong, the secret things belong to God. There are things that God has not, will not reveal. This being the number one question Sproul said that he would hear from people asked mm. when he'd go to conferences and people that need counsel is, I need to know the will of God. He goes, well, this is just really simple. Meditate on God's word, read through God's word, and God's word will now become part of your desires. You delight yourself in the Lord, and those desires will be carried out into fruition. 
Mm. It's really that simple. So we don't need to overcomplicate these things. And if you'd like to know about meditation, we just recorded a podcast, the yes, one right before this one. Yes, we did. That's Make sure right. to check that out, friends. Easy. You came to me 24, 25 years ago, and you had said, Mark, you need to seek God whether or not Laura is to be your wife. Hmm. And she wasn't living with you at that time, but she had, my wife had lived with you and your wife for quite a while, and you guys uh, kind of took underneath your wings, and Rachel was discipling her. And She shared a room with uh, Julia when she was a baby. With your <laughs> oldest. Who's now 25, but she, wow. she shared a room with Julia. Yeah. Wow. Well you, well, you came to me, and, and you said, hey, I think you need to seek after God's will for your life, whether or not Laura is to be your wife. And then put her out of misery. Put her out of her misery if she's not. <laughs> so I took a day off of work, and I prayed and I meditated and I fasted all day, and I just said, "Lord, I don't know what Your will is for my life, whether or not Laura is to be the one." Mm. And I don't know how to ask it other than asking it this way: Should I marry Laura? Mm. Should I marry Laura? And I must have said it thousands and thousands of times. Well, I opened up God's Word, I had pen in hand, and I was ready to write down yes or no, and I had yes there, and I had no there, and I was ready to circle one, and as soon as I got the answer, I was going to go out and get a ring and propose <laughs> if she was the one, Yeah. and I got exhausted several hours into this, and I had no idea how else to pray or what to do or to know God's will, and then there was just one scripture that kind of popped out to me as Laura I was reading. Laura Grace? <laughs> it was, you know, uh, give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God mm. in Christ Jesus. And it wasn't necessarily that I got a yes or that I received a no, but it was that God's will was going to be accomplished either way. That's wow. right. That's good. And you don't regret it for an instant. And so <laughs> I left that. I left that moment, and I and I went to Laura and I said, "Listen, I've been praying and fasting all day, whether or not you're to be my wife, and I don't know what the answer is to that, but I want you but to I'm know." I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very hungry, and In and Out sounds so mm. good. So I said, "Listen, the only thing I have is that I believe that God's will is going to be accomplished in this. You are on my mind, and I want you to know that I'm praying and fasting over you, over us, what God's will is for us." And she said, "That's good for me. Wow. That works for me." Now, if God would have given me a yes, and I don't know how he would have done that, but if God would have given me a yes, I would have proposed that night. Mm. If it would have been no, well then, you know, I would have severed the relationship that that night. Well, that was either one was not God's will. I'm asking a yes or no question, and God doesn't always answer like that for us. Yeah. Wait, maybe, pause. And I and that was good enough for me. And then God brought to fruition eventually. My heart was completely there, came along with her, but she had ulcer and uh, and also she was getting sick and worried because I'm just this good-looking guy, and I don't blame her. <laughs> Mark, that's true. You say you, deceived, you, you, too? Mark, no, seriously, he used to be good-looking. <laughs> <laughs> so long ago, we can't remember. Hard I can, imagine. all the ladies that were distressed that you got engaged. Yeah. They left your Bible study. <laughs> no one showed up the next week, Mark. That's true. Right, Mark? Is that true? I think we should. Yeah, well, remember our home fellowships that we used yeah, to have? Of course. You know, we would discuss the morning service, but we'd do it at night and we'd have worship. Well... I had 21 women that had, that came into my apartment, and we would have <laughs> we would discuss it. And there wasn't one of the guys, except for the worship leader, Nick, yeah. was leading worship. Mark, didn't that make you think what's going on here? <laughs> 21 women, 21 no women. Guys. But Laura was not one. Laura, I attended either yours or Robin Heidi's yeah. um, fellowship, and I made an announcement. I said, "Listen, I go, I'm now dating Laura Wright." Hmm. 
And I was so excited to tell everybody, and I thought everybody was so excited to receive the news. And the following Sunday, not one woman showed up <laughs> to my home fellowship. It was just Nick and I. Wow. Except, except for Laura. Laura, Laura Nellick, right. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's God's sign to you. You found Mrs. Wright. Yeah. Hey. That's right. But Mark, you know, you, that, that process kind of is illuminating and helps us understand how to pursue God's will. Because ultimately... There are so many things in our lives where the Lord, the freedom that we have in Christ and the calling in our lives is to do all things to the glory of God. Yeah. So what is my will for my life? Should I go to this school or should I go to that school? Do all things to the glory of God. What is my will for my life? Should I move to this city or that city? Take this job or that job? Do all things to the glory of God of God. Now, there are small things, the dinner, the vacation, the car, the school, the house that you might be buying, but there's big things too, the church you should be attending, the woman that, or man that you should marry, the school that you should go to perhaps. And so in that sense, do all things to the glory of God. I would say there's some prerequisites. Are we talking about sin here? Okay, don't do that. You can't do it to the glory of God. Are you spending time in prayer? Are you seeking counsel? Do people know you and love you and know that you can pursue this thing to the glory of God? You see, if you're pursuing wise counsel, if you're thinking and praying, if it's not in sin and you are doing it to the glory of God, then ultimately in, in, in those moments, it's like the, you know, someone might go, should I go to the left door or the right door? And maybe for in that moment, God's not telling you the left door. Maybe he's saying, choose a door and do it to my glory. Mm-hmm. And that's his will for your life. You know, Tozer said something similar. He, When asked this question, you know, how do I know what God's will is for my life? And he said, listen, love God, do what you want. Mm, What's the caveat and the catch is, well, are you loving on God? Are you meditating through his precepts? Are you doing, if yes, well, then just move forward and yeah. he'll direct you. Yeah. Ray, people do overcomplicate things at times. I mean, I think you told me about, was it you about a lady in New Zealand or someone who would ask God, should I wear two socks today or one? Should I, you know, should I wear these shoes or those shoes? Should I, right? It was very close. She said, uh, I was leaving my house and I felt God say to me, clean the windows before you go. Mm. And I said, did he really say that? And she said, no, I just got that impression. But yeah, people are over-spiritual in that debate. Yeah, I think that was the socks thing. Yeah. Yeah, your memory's good. But yeah, we do. It's very, very simple. I, I was thinking of the verse, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all that other stuff will be added, mm. Like, which is what Oscar was saying. I think our, when it comes to who will marry, what we do for a job, everything fades in the background when you realize the reason we exist as a church. We're like survivors in a lifeboat and all around us, people are drowning. Yeah. And, and we've been commanded by the captain, reach out and pull them into the lifeboat. We don't have to pray about that. Lord, that one over there, shall I go for that person who's drowning or that one over there? Yeah, or I've got an idea. Shall I throw this rope and I can get six people in at once? Do I need to pray about that? No, just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, the starting gun's already gone. Go into all Ooh. the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So everything I've been involved in when it comes to exploits like just little things like the Evidence Bible or writing books or starting a television program, they came from Mark 16, verse 15, go into all the world and mm. preach the gospel to every creature. Didn't you, didn't you pray about it? Pray as I, I prayed as I went. Yeah. An Evidence Bible, a Bible that'll, that'll help Christians share their faith. Lord, give me wisdom as I just started it. Love what Zig Ziglar said. Zig Ziglar. He's, have you heard of him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zizi. He said, <laughs> he said, 
the rule simply is that you just do it now. And he said, do it now. <laughs> and that's exactly, and we joke about it, how I'm going to do it now. Yeah. I, mean, I found out that the alleyway just along from ministry is called Rush Street. <laughs> My favorite mountain is Rush Moor. We all need to rush <laughs> more. Oh, I love that. That's really good. Because this is, this is a sense of urgency. Use every minute you can to reach loss. So if you're wondering what God's will is, it's go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And whatever you can do to reach the loss, do it. Paul said, by all means save some do that and everything else will be added to you seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness that's why god invaded this earth it was for the cross yeah it was to open the door of everlasting life to humanity and so all this other stuff of who we'll marry what we do for a job just is in the background it'll come if we seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness yeah and you know god works within our natural desires as well in connection with things that are legitimate and praiseworthy and we have to remember that you know I, i'm trying to remember how the analogy went but but in terms of our freedom to do within the parameters of a life devoted to the Lord are really broad in a sense. But of course, God and his sovereignty contains those. I can't fully again remember, but it was kind of the picture of a cruise ship that's that's in the ocean and it's moving. You know, it's like God's will will move forward. You're on that boat. Within the confines of that, that boat, you can move around and do and and make choices and decisions. And yet God's will is still moving forward toward his perfect destination. Well, that's good stuff. And so, you know, we, we have to remember that, and, and it, it doesn't have to be complicated. I think the real key for us as Christians is be so close to the heart of God that you're familiar with the sound of his heartbeat. And I'm not talking about some esoteric, you know, voice in your ear, but but that you know the the rhythms in which God works, because you're close to his heart, you're intimate with him, you're covering all things with prayer. You have a life that has a tone and tenor of prayer because you pray without ceasing, which doesn't mean you literally are always saying prayers, but you have a, a prayerful disposition in your life. You're always focused on the Lord. And then consume his word, because that's where he really reveals his heart and character and his ways. And then you go about life. Things arise, and then you pray. You, you ask God to orchestrate and to, and to work things out, and then you make your decisions. Right. And the beautiful thing is, is if you think the decision you made was wrong, well, praise the Lord, because He causes all things to work together for good as He was what? Conforming you into the image of Christ. God is bigger in the ways that He works than we think, and, and we need to have that heart of trust. That's really good. Yeah. Um, Boy, I, sorry, you just nailed it with that last word. That's what it comes down to, trust. Yeah. As you step out, you're trusting the Lord. Yeah. Hmm. Sorry, Oscar. No, it's okay. Whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bitter. Yeah. You know, we often, and I think another question in, in the way that we're wording it is like that idea of God's will for her life, our, our calling in our lives. And I heard uh, a theologian once explain it like this. There are, there are different kinds of calling for our lives. The first kind of calling is the call towards salvation. The calling of God's word going out and bringing life to dead decaying bones. That's your first calling in life, right? Your second calling in life is kind of different, which is that covenant calling in marriage. The reason why that's different is because I think often, because I'm going to imagine a lot of people who are listening to this are probably not yet married. Mm. And they're probably wondering, well, what about, okay, yeah, that all makes sense to me, but how do I actually know she's the one? And I once told a friend, like it was in the context of 
this couple was known and loved. They were both pursuing Christ. They have a right view of marriage. And he still was like, yes, but I don't know if she's the one. And I said to him, man, you will not know if she's the one or she will not be the one until you're standing on the other side of the aisle from her saying, I do. Because hmm. the point is, is that we have a Disneyland view of relationships, of romance, that like there's this Prince Charming or there's this one woman that is perfectly created for us and we just got to figure out who that is. And that is not the way the scripture explains marriage. Covenant commitment is the one that you choose to make that covenant with. And once you make that commitment, it is a calling. Then he or she is the one right? But the oneness comes from the commitment that you make, hmm. not some perfectly created person that perfectly suits your every need and desires. That doesn't hmm. exist. You, you raise a very good point there. You know, before somebody gets married, they're wondering, is this the one? Is this the one? I don't know if, I don't know if she's the one. Now, if you're married to the person and you're asking that question, did I marry the right one? The answer is yes. yes. Yeah, no right. doubt. 100%, it is God's will for you to be married to that person if you're married to that person. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's the thing, you know, uh, talking about like That's the, the thing? Yeah, you've never heard of the thing? Thing. T you've never heard of the thing? I N What's okay, the give etymology? Us, give us give us but give us the thing. Gee. But Arab don't say thing. Arab say thing. Thing. I sing. What was that all about? I have no idea why I said that. What was I going to say? That your memory improving. Oh, yeah, about my memory. We're talking about marriage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Uh, so, look, here's the thing. <laughs> 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 Why do we say that? We right? don't. You, you, do. you do. You know, you, you could do. get to the point if you just do yeah. it. No, no, no. So, okay, talking no, about... No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you almost said it again. No, 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 no. No, but talking, talking about the parameters that I mentioned earlier... We know that certain things are God's will and are not God's yes. will. So, for example, you know it's not God's will for you to marry an unbeliever. Second Corinthians 6 yep. makes that clear. Don't be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. So, sometimes, you know, Christians will say, yeah, I'm just praying if I should marry Jezebel, the <laughs> Buddhist, right? It's like, um, well, the name is a dead giveaway, first of all, but the Buddhist will don't be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. And then scripture also talks about a woman, you know, wants to remarry, lose her husband, but only in the Lord. Scripture mm. is clear on that. Yeah. And then you get people that get married and then they'll say, oh no, I married the wrong person. Then obviously I have to divorce them. No, it's God's will that you not divorce. We know that. It's not, it's not permitted by, by scripture. So th those are really, really important. Unless in the things. case of fornication and adultery. Yes, with the, with the exception. You know, right. I use this tactic, if you would, when I'm talking to Mormons mm -hmm. and I'm out on the street. When they say, hey, pray about whether Joseph Smith is a prophet, whether the Book of Mormon, Pearl Great Price, Doctrine of Covenants, whether these are words from God. Just pray about it. Just pray about it. And that's kind of like their default. Right. And somehow God's going to give you this answer through some sort of a strong desire it's burning in the burning bosom, in some the people bosom. say, it's right? Hot, ben. Heartburn, it takes <laughs> man in essence. I'll say, I usually come back with this. I'll say, should I ever pray? whether or not I should steal a ballpoint pen. Hmm. And they say, well, no. And I go, well, why not? Well, because God has told us in Exodus 20, you shall not steal. 
Yeah. Right? No thief will inherit the kingdom of God. I go, but wait a minute. Think of all the good things I'm going to do with a ballpoint pen. I'm going to write encouraging letters to missionaries out on the street. <laughs> oh, I'm just going telling to, me it gives oh, me a good, in the bosom, Mark. It's just beautiful. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to uh, write tithing checks. In fact, I'm going to sanctify this pen that the only thing I'm going to do with this pen is give donations to the church and write encouraging letters to missionaries. Should I pray whether or not I should steal a ballpoint pen? Hmm. They go, well, no, absolutely not. But think of all the good I'm going to do. No, why not? Because the Bible tells us not to steal. Right. So it is the will of God not for me to pray about something that he's already talked about. That's good. And Deuteronomy 13 and Deuteronomy 18, it says, this is how you know a prophet is from God because he's going to be correct 100% of the time. So I don't need to pray whether or not Joseph Smith is a prophet. Hmm. I just need to see if he's ever said something on behalf of the church or God as a prophet did he say something that didn't come to pass? I don't need to pray about it. Wow. Just what has he said? That's so good, And you're Mark. speaking as a relative of Joseph Smith. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we forgot about that, right. You are his relative. Yeah, that's, man, that is so key. And I love that, Mark. It's super powerful. And mm. we need to think this way, right? Again, we did a podcast on meditation. Better return that pen, Mark. And, yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah Mark. But I think, yeah, anyway, it's so important that we do that. You don't, yeah, you don't have to pray should I steal something? Lord, should I steal Ray's Lamborghini, Oscar's helicopter, or Mark's gold-plated ant farm? I sold it. You sold the ant farm? Yeah, for the plane. Ray's plane. <laughs> for the plane. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to do that. That's ridiculous. And look, God is powerful enough if you're moving forward in a certain direction with right intentions and recognizing that this is not outside the parameters of God's word. He has the power to stop you. Yeah. He has the power to redirect you. And I love this, Ray, in connection with what you talked about earlier, like, hey, this is righteous and right. I'm going to move forward and do it in faith. I think of Acts 16, 6 to 7. It says, now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mycenae, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. And so it was like they were moving, they were going, they were doing. Could have been in, in the case with the apostles in a supernatural way. Maybe it was, it was through divine revelation. But, but we know that God can stop things circumstantially. He can redirect things, yeah. but our hearts need to be set on honoring him. That's a wonderful portion of scripture because it shows they were in faith obeying the Great Commission. Yeah. They were going to all the world to preach the gospel of a creature without a word from God. They didn't even, in a sense, get a word from God to go there, and then God changed his mind and said, come back. They were just going in faith, and then the Lord directed them. And that's God's faithfulness, and I like it. You can say, Lord, if you don't want me to do this, please, please shut the door on it. Yeah. I just want to do your will above everything else, and God's faithful. He's faithful who promised. And so, so then, as it relates to, to trying to do what is right, I mean, we can use the term fulfill God's will or not use it, but obviously we all have decisions to make in life. We wanna make God-honoring decisions. We wanna make wise decisions. Ray? Should we put out fleeces? I mean, should I buy a sheep and keep it in the backyard and if it's wet in the morning, I know it's God's will, but it's dry in the next day. <laughs> oh, so I could so see you doing that, Ray? Yeah, so... so a living fleece? <laughs> <laughs> you can actually buy a sheep from a living waters dot com. Um, yeah, seriously, is is there a, is there a legitimacy to to put fleeces out, or is that just a oncer in the Old Testament? Yeah, and and that's what I was going to say. You know, we do have to be careful with taking narrative accounts and turning them into doctrinal points or into practice. 
very, very careful because God did work distinctly at different portions in history and in the word for specific purposes. And that doesn't mean that's now what we're supposed to do. Casting lots for as Matthias for Matthias. Right. In the, in the exactly. Testament. People can can take that example, they can begin to follow it. And it, it you can, can move get to Las Vegas on that scripture. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I gamble now. No, but it is it is important that we're careful in that regard. You know, I, I think the Lord calls us to 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 pray, to seek him. But then there are those practicals, right? So how do we do that in terms of making decisions? Mark, you have something you want to say? Yeah, I, boy, I got a lot of things I want to yeah, say. You know, go, th- there's go, wisdom in the multitude of counselors, right? Right. So when we start talking about finances, th- there's many people that have gone before us that we can uh, glean from them. I, I was reading a book or uh, an article earlier today concerning the subject. The author had said, the better we get to know a person, the more acquainted we become with his or her desires. For example, a child may look across a busy street at the ball that has bounced away, but doesn't run after it because he knows my dad would not want me to do that. He doesn't have to ask his father for advice or what his will is on that particular situation. He knows what his father would say because he knows his father. It's good. And so the same is true in our relationship with God. As we walk with the Lord, obeying his word and relying on his spirit, we find that we are given the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2. Mm. We know him, and that helps us to know his will. We find God's guidance readily available. So the call goes out to get to know God. Yeah. And the more you get to know God, the more you want to just walk with God and please God. Amen. And you don't need to wonder or worry through different situations. When you have a legitimate situation, should I get this job or should I get that job? Yeah. What should I do? Don't overthink it. You you get wisdom from a multitude of different people that you respect, that have spoken into your life, that only want to see you walk with God and God to be glorified. Get their advice. And then ultimately make that decision, right? Allow that peace of God to rule or to umpire your life as it leads you into all truth. And then take that step of faith. And then if you make a mistake, hey, you know, I I messed up, but I messed up thinking I was doing that, which is right. Well, God's going to clear the air when it's all done. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And again, if you think about it, if you take it to its logical conclusion that you can't do anything until you have this, what, kind of feeling that this is God's will. You you would have to find that out with every word you speak. Yeah. You'd have to find that out. Are you with... about saying that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I remember somebody telling me, Mark, I really think that you should marry this person when I attended a, a church. And I said, really? Yeah, I, God told me that you should marry this person. Hmm. I said, oh, well, you know, God's got my number as well. <laughs> and I didn't marry that person. Yeah. Thankfully, mm. not everybody is being led by the Lord, but we always go back to multitude of counselors and the Word of God. Where's that person's fear of the Lord? I mean, you could set someone in the wrong direction by saying something like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and boy, we do have it to help be... that she looked like a horse. <laughs> I mean, <honestly. laughs> don't even joke. They're a nice horse lady. Yeah. We do have to be careful of that. You know, I think a lot of younger believers are prone to speak that way. God told me, God said, Ray, you've always struggled with that. I mean, someone comes to you and says, Hey, God told me I need to do this or that. What do you think? Yeah, well, they, they cut down counsel. <laughs> you, you cannot counsel a person who the Lord told me this. That you, God told me people can't be counseled because right. God's told them something, so you can't tell them anything contrary. You say, well, go for it. If God told you, just go for it. Well, why are you asking me if you're saying God told <laughs> right. you, right? Yeah. right? But we have to be careful of that. Yeah, God, Again, told me, God told me never to say that. Yeah, <laughs> say that, that stuff. Yeah, I mean, 
we got to be careful. We can't over-spiritualize. We can't, again, take narrative accounts and make them practice. And we, we can't overcomplicate things. Look, there are things in Scripture that are clearly the will of God, mm-hmm. and God has revealed them. One of them was cited already, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Mark mentioned it. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And you sanctif- have, sanctification also. Right, sanctification. you don't have to wonder, should I you know, be a person who gives thanks? Of course, that's God's will, I can tell you that for sure, because God has revealed, revealed it in his word. 1 Thessalonians 4.3, for this is the will of God, as Ray just mentioned, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. I can look at any Christian and tell them 100%, it's God's will you don't have premarital sex. It's God's will you don't commit adultery, mm. and so on and so forth. It's God's will you don't engage in homosexuality or, or whatever. You know what's crazy, though, is that that's, there are many people who don't agree with that. There are people under the guise of Christianity that have posted, God is calling me to divorce my husband. Uh, there, I'm thinking about one lady in particular, a famous blogger, who all of a sudden God called her to divorce her husband, and now she's getting married to another woman. And she's guising it as, this is God's yeah. will wow. to free me from this prior yeah. marriage and to bring me over here. It's crazy because you said something so blatantly obvious and simple in scripture, and yet there are people who are are denying it. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's a day and age in which we live. Look, mm-hmm. if you can... If you can make God your sort of personal, audible director, in a sense, God told me, or whatever, if it's a feeling or an impression, this is where we get into dangerous things. Look, I know we have brethren of different stripes that have different perspectives on the the sign gifts and how God speaks and how God moves and how God works, whether they're still here or not. Despite all of that, we just have to be careful to not make light of those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. When you say God said, hmm. I mean, it, it almost it almost gives me the chills just to even say that in connection with someone saying it. You're talking you're talking in the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not a, that's not something to mess around with or to be light about, you know. But to your point, Oscar, I can look at the woman or the man who says to me, God said to me to divorce this person and to marry this person outside of whatever scripture permits for divorce, right? Uh, Sexual morality. Uh, But I can look at that person and say, God did not tell Mm -hmm. you that Mm -hmm. 100%. Right. Because God already said something in his word and God doesn't contradict himself. Right. And his hidden will never contradicts his revealed will is the point that you're making. Yeah. Yeah. And then 1 Peter 2.15, for this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. We always know it's God's will for the Christian to do good. Mm-hmm. And so those sorts of things can compel us to walk in obedience because they're clear for us in God's word. And with the other things, again, don't complicate the matter. You're a child of God. You're redeemed. You're born again. You have God's spirit in you. And God has given you this beautiful world to live in and function in, like that cruise ship, function in it, make decisions, do it joyfully, so long as your heart is set on honoring We're the Lord. really talking about common sense. Yeah. That's what a Christian and walks wisdom. by. So, so this is where things come into play, like I was saying earlier. So counsel, right? Yeah. You have a decision to make. Mm-hmm. Without consultation, plans are frustrated with many counselors, they succeed. How important is counsel, Oscar? Hugely important. Counsel in the context of a local church. I don't think that you can receive, like I've heard people say, oh yeah, I I receive wise counsel all the time on YouTube when I watch this pastor, that pastor, this evangelist, or that evangelist. Wise counsel 
are people who know you, who know God's word, who love you, and who love the Lord. Mm. There are people who are willing to be honest with you or willing to contradict your desires for the sake of, of God's glory and your sanctification. To walk outside of counsel from others is to walk around blindfolded ultimately. Yeah. I mean, Mark, I know you guys have a great church community. How has counsel played a role in your in your life? Boy, I think it was three, four years ago, I was, uh, e easy was the same, confronted with uh, the idea of coming together with a group of families, there's 12 of us, said, hey, let's meet together and uh, let's pour into each other's lives. And I said, you know, listen, I have enough friends. I'm not accepting applications. <laughs> you know, er everything's good. You know, uh, I, I'm loving God. I'm loving my family. But I really didn't have that community of people pouring into me to where I can respond in the affirmative of what they think might be right. And now we find ourselves texting all throughout the day or every other day, you know, the texts continually come. So I have people, a community of people that really want to see me uh, walk with God. That's a family. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting, right? We, we bring this up because Jesus said that his family are those who do the will of the Father. Mm, yeah. Right? That's what he said. And here's the text in Mark 3.35, whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. So it should be pouring out of our pores, pouring from our pores a desire to honor God and to do it with other people. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to be easy to go through the difficulties when you have to make a, a, a difficult decision. Maybe God's will is for you to go down a road that's less traveled, a, a fork is inside the road, and you're just going, man, this is too much for me to bear. Well, you have people now in your life that are going to walk with you, you mm. know, through that. It's so much, so much easier. Hmm. Yeah, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Yeah, it, so that community in which you get counsel, so community is key because you don't get wise counsel without community, the people of God surrounding you. And then wisdom, right? You seek wisdom also in God's word. And so you search the scriptures and, and you, you ask yourself, does this align with God's word? Does it violate God's word? And then you examine motive. Why, why would I want this job over this job? Why am I moving to this area? Are my priorities, first of all, spiritual? Am I thinking about what church I'm going to find that's a sound church in the area before I even move? Because that's, that's primary. Is it the money? Okay, but this job's going to require more hours, which means I'm going to be less with my family. I'm not going to be able to pour into my wife and kids. Now you know, you're starting to veer. So God's word gives you those parameters. Mm -hmm. And then you you do, you commit all things to prayer, and that guards you from anxiety. And 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 it gives you confidence, right? First mm -hmm. John says, this is the confidence that we have. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, we have the request which we've asked of him. Okay. Sometimes we have not, we have not because we ask not. And so there are certain things God may precondition on us asking. And then he's big and divine enough to orchestrate the circumstances to bring those things about. Mm -hmm. And as the Lord does that, you begin to experience the joy of, of walking in his will. That's key, the joy, because ultimately... Walking in God's will is an act of freedom, hmm. not slavery. We are enslaved by our desires. We are enslaved by sin. Those who do not walk in God's will are blindly enslaved by these things. But ultimately what we're talking about when we talk about counsel and wisdom and revealed in secret will, ultimately what God is inviting us to is to walk 
freely Amen. and the good things that he has prepared for us. That's how he originally created us, Adam and Eve, free in the garden to be his representatives. And that's ultimately the calling in our lives is to glorify God in all that we do, the way that Adam and Eve were meant to be in the garden. We are to walk freely in his will into the world, doing the things that will bring him most glory. Yeah, and Mark put it well, you know, and, and I would add to that. I would say, love God and love people and do whatever you want because that's the fulfillment of the law. It's the good. two greatest commandments. Ray, last of all, the one thing we never have to ask God about regarding his will is sharing the gospel. I mean, you often say, you know, people say, God, open a door. Uh, you say, God blew the doors off the hinges when he said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. I agree that I said that. Thank you for <laughs> saying it, Ray. And thank you for your confirmation. And hey, friends, if you, you know, you really struggle, you can always change your name to Will. <laughs> That was stupid. All right, friends, that's the end. We better end before it gets any worse. Check out the website, livingwaters.com. Again, you can get the Evidence Bible there and the Stressamy Street tract. And also email us at podcast.livingwaters.com. Thanks for joining us, friends. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters podcast, where we have no idea. Why do some people say idea? Idea. Idea what we're doing. I got no idea. <laughs> It is. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I have no idea where that ridiculous saying came from, but friends, we do have winners. Winners for the podcast giveaway. That is the Living Waters podcast. We have Angela from Yucca Valley, California. Yvonne from Crestline. California, Brooke from Clayton, North Carolina, Andrea from Anderson, Indiana, Elias from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Becca from Lincoln University, Pennsylvania, Lowell from Yakima, Washington, Don from Charleston, Illinois, John from Ford, Australia, good on you, Mike, and Dave from Willen Lane, United Kingdom. Congrats.